Hi, I'm Chris Hutchings and I'm your host. Welcome to the 10Q Interview Podcast. In today's episode, I talked to the very lovely uh, Anna Estrogel, who is the founder of Kids Marketplace, The Octopus Club, which you should definitely check out. Um, oh, this, is a, <laughs> this is kind of a really lovely podcast. Anna is very passionate about her business and how she started it. And I think you're going to really enjoy it. I do hope you enjoy it. Let me know what you think via social media, at Tinku Interview Everywhere. And if you could be so gracious, don't forget to hit subscribe. Um, wherever you listen to this, obviously, you know, the more ears I can get on this, the better. And so yeah, as a result, you know, please feel free to share it with any any parents or anyone you know who's in the big fan of the secondhand world. Um, I'm sure you know someone. Let them know about it. Anyway, enough of me rambling. Now, on to the podcast. Anna, thank you very much for joining me on this very hot Friday morning. Um, I'll give away when we're, when we're recording this, if, I, <laughs> if it takes a while to get it published. So, thank you so much for joining me. It's, uh, I, I'm very happy to have you on. Thank you, Chris, for having me. It's a pleasure, and I am very excited about uh, getting on to your questions today. Okay, in that spirit of that then, should we crack on with number one? Let's do it. Right, you meet a stranger somewhere, party, wedding, pub, bar, wherever, uh, and they ask you what you do. What is it you're most likely to say to them? I am the founder of a marketplace for maternity, baby and kids items. So it's all about secondhand and pre-loved amazingness. <laughs> is, that, is that a genuine answer? That, the reason I ask that is because... It, is that something you actually say to people? Because what's been really strange when I've been doing this podcast is how many people underplay what they um, either do or what they set up. Like, for instance, I spoke to several founders on here and they very rarely say, I'm a founder and I, this is my company. That They'll underplay it or sort of change it a little bit. So are you that sort of strong in, in your conviction with that? I'm very strong about it. The only thing that I uh, always make a mistake and I need to learn is I need to say what the name of the marketplace is, right? I, because yeah. just saying <laughs> I am the founder of a marketplace for maternity, baby and kids items, like, okay, but I need to say the name. I need to come with the name more strong, like strongly. So the Octopus Club <laughs> is... <laughs> the people that ask it... Uh, no, and that's uh, my um, the the mistake I make because then they will not remember it, and then maybe if I have the bag, the tote, I show it, but yeah. I forget to say the name, which is a little bit stupid. But I'm learning. I'm learning. Uh, do you know what you say is stupid? But actually, I I with my own business recently, I've been trying to refine what my elevator pitch was, and I, I met someone very recently who was a, like an old I'd known them years and years and years ago and I bumped into them for, and they said oh what are you up to and I was trying to explain my business to them and similarly to you I didn't tell them the name of it but I also found myself not being very succinct in in like what what it did and that mm. elevator pitch because it's important right that first 15 20 seconds when you've really got someone's attention yeah it's key but say the name say the name and repeat it again because you know they might forget <laughs> well i guess it's the same as when you meet someone and you try and remember their name don't they, they say that you should so um, hard. you should repeat someone's name like three or four times i think it is so that you then don't forget it and yeah, vice you versa should, 
Exactly. You should use it on a, a sentence like back to the person, like, hey, Chris, and no, 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 hey, Chris, and then it stays. But if you just say, oh, okay, then it's gone. Yes. Um, okay. So Octopus Club, marketplace for kids stuff. Maternity, baby, and kids. Yeah. Okay. Do you want to give me a br quick brief backstory on, on how that came about? Uh, that's Well, that is potentially coming back soon, but yes, let's talk about it. Uh, I want to talk about it a lot in this podcast. Okay. <laughs> I'm learning how to sell myself a bit better. Good. Um, and yeah, so uh, when my son Max was six months old, I yep. looked around the house and I could not believe the amount of stuff that we had bought for him that he didn't need anymore because he had outgrown. And I and there were so many things I needed to buy uh, for the next stage in his development because when they're six months, they start sitting up and they have to start eating. And, you know, the toys are different for that stage of the development. And it's a bit like mind-blowing, the amount of stuff. Mm -hmm you need to keep on buying. And I thought, what am I going to do with all these things that I uh, researched for so long and that cost money a lot and uh, the new things I need to get? And um, I already bought stuff on secondhand marketplaces, the big players, etc. And they, it always felt like a very a cold transactional um, uh, thing. Yep. It never felt like things had love or memories or stories and I thought all these things that I took so long in uh, researching to buy the best one for my baby I want to know that they're going to a good home I want to pass it on to family who cares and who will cherish it and I thought there must be another way to make this thing work um, that is a bit more with love and care and yeah. uh, I'm sure there are other people in the same situation as me so I 100 percent my... I, I have sorry I have two kids myself and it's mind blowing how. How old are they? So my I got a four year old and a two year old. Yeah. But it's it. I mean, and um, my my sister's currently expecting. So we're going through this process now of you know all the stuff that we we had. You know, you pass on to her and whatever. Yeah. But yes, yeah, it's, it's crazy, isn't it? Like how much stuff you buy as a baby or four babies. Yeah. And then they use it for like two minutes. Exactly. And they grow so fast. And in in the first two years of life, babies outgrow seven sizes of clothing. Seven sizes of clothing. No way. That's insane. Yeah. <laughs> I suppose. So yeah. I, you know, I never for, thought about it like that. But yeah, I guess. They don't even have a chance to wear this, the things. And sometimes you buy a piece of equipment which you think this is going to keep them entertained or etc. <laughs> and they don't like it. And then what do you do with that huge plastic sometimes thing sitting in your living room, gathering dust and taking up space? Pass it on, sell it on, make some money, and you can have money for the next thing you buy. Well, funny enough, we had, um, I, I did a very, we had a bit of a clear out recently where, I mean, I'm sure it's the same for you. I'm sure it's for every parent. Like, you know, people struggle to buy presents for babies, right? So you end up with 30, like, I think they're called comforters, where they've got little teddies with a sort <laughs> of like a little blanket thing on the bottom of it, mm. um, and teddy bears. And oh my God, we had so much like stuffed toys. But I couldn't get rid of them anywhere, so I, I tried to donate them to local, um, like a like a children's hospice thing, and but they wouldn't take them because they're uh, secondhand, basically. You can donate an on the Octopus Club. You can sell, know about buy, it, yeah. or so donate. That's lovely to hear because I didn't know that, uh, and, you... and I ended up uh, putting them in a recycling bin, and I oh, felt no. I felt so sad doing it. But I went to three different charity shops, and they're like, "I'm sorry, we can't take them." 
Oh, and I just so thought sad. to myself, like half these teddies hadn't even been used. Oh, you know, next time you know where to go because. Yeah. So, so the thing about donating on the Octopus Club is that you know that the people that take it is another family that they want it. Yeah, of because course. it's not like donating and then we do something with them. No, if you put them up on the club as a donation, someone, a family, will click on it and then either come collect it or you can arrange postage that they pay for. And then you know that they wanted it. They'll take care of it. They'll use it. It's like, for me, the best solution. Do you know what? I think, I think your business is good. I thought your business was good anyway. And I think that donation aspect of it, I, I, hadn't, looked, I hadn't seen that. But I think that's amazing. And I think that could be... Because that's, that's the other angle I'm looking at. Like We've got loads of stuff. And I sort of feel like I'm in this position where... How do I phrase this without sounding terrible? But like the money we'd get back for some of this stuff is not as important to me as it is important to some people who haven't got the money to pay for it. Does that make sense? It doesn't sound horrible at all. And the other thing is you want your house clutter-free. You want it gone. So put it up as a but donation. I also want to do I also want to do something good with it, right? Exactly. Yeah. It it's 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 it ticks so many boxes. It's going to uh help someone else. Yeah. It's going to declutter your house and you're gonna be part of a circular economy because it means people are not buying something new that they don't need to buy new because you're offering to them for free. So it's like so many boxes ticked. Win yeah. win win. Yeah, I'm gonna look into that when we get off this call. Cause that'll be yeah, so much stuff. Um Okay, we'll move on because I'm sure we're going to talk about Octopus Club again a bit more. I'm happy I got a new member just now. Every member that starts uh, using Octopus Club makes me happy. <sighs> yeah. I mean, you should, um, just going back to what you're talking about, I was, I, I'm one of these people who have lots of business ideas, right? I can't stop my head from coming up with it. And I always felt like there was a business idea around buying presents for newborns, right? Because let's say I have a baby. And we've got, I don't know, friends and relatives. Let's say we're going to get approximately, as a guess, I don't know, 20 presents. And I feel like there's this real disconnect between what we need as new parents, what we get as new parents, and like your circular economy thing just made me think then is like, you know, you sort of find yourself in this position where people are buying stuff for the sake of it. I think do we're going to do this business together because I had a great idea. Too. Do you do, you do anything <laughs> on, on Octopus Club about like providing um, something for, I don't know, that kind of newborn gifting situation? So um, what do you think the family that just had a baby actually needs? Is it stuff or is it maybe a lactation consultant? Uh, appointment maybe a, a breast uh, sorry a sleep consultant appointment maybe it's frozen meals in your fridge so yep. you don't have to cook maybe it's a babysitter uh, for a nappies of... baby wipes pseudocrem. it's the stuff that you need yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. comforters it's not wooden toys it's not another baby grow outfit it's not <laughs> nothing of that yeah it's actual things that make your life easier Sounds like you got something in plan. <laughs> I already have it kind of good <laughs> going. Um, yeah. All right, well, we won't talk about it because I don't want you to give away your trade secrets. We'll move <laughs> on to the next question quickly. Um, when you were younger, what did you want to be? Uh, so I don't remember what I wanted to be when I was a kid. I think it's because I had so many sleepless nights after my baby was born that I lost a lot of my memory. <laughs> <laughs> 
But I remember when I was a teenager, around 13, 14, I used to play the guitar and I wanted to be a rock star. I didn't want to be a musician. I wanted to be a rock star and play in stadiums, okay? And I loved music so much. And I used to play all Nirvana, Red Hot Chili Peppers, uh, Alanis Morissette, all this stuff. And that was my dream. But then I changed and I wanted to be um, a heart surgeon. I don't know why, which is insane. I would not ever be able to do that. that. (laughs) Crazy mind. Uh, And then I changed and I wanted to be a fine artist. And then my parents, and this was a time where I had to kind of choose the actual career. I was around 17, 18. And then my parents said, "Uh, you're not going to do that because there's no future for you in this field. And then I did the psychology uh, course in university. And then after that, um, I wanted. To, I still wanted to be a fine artist, so I did a foundation course in uh, in art, design, and fashion. And I wanted to do art still. And I went to the art uh, interview thing, and they said you are going to be a graphic designer, not a fine artist. It's clear with your uh, portfolio. And I said, "What's graphic design?" I had no clue. <laughs> and I went to university, and I when the first class when they were talking about typography and letters and shapes i'm like oh, i love this and it was like insane it was amazing so oh, very cool yeah so, and yeah, did, lots. So, so did you so did you were you a graphic designer then before you started octopus club yeah and i still am because i design everything for octopus club <laughs> even though i'm the founder i also do the design you know i'm wearing lots of hats at the moment many founders do and many <laughs> founders do Oh, yeah, very cool. So, okay. Yeah. So, heart surgeon slash rock star. <laughs> yes, that's a good one, isn't it? Like insane. <laughs> Do you play the guitar now? A little bit, but not like I did before. Are you any good? No, not anymore. I used to know all the songs by heart and stuff, but now I forgot everything. Memory is gone. I have this dream where, and I'm rubbish at music. I like terrible. I I I haven't touched a musical instrument since I was at senior school. But I have this dream where. I could play the guitar and, you know, everyone's sort of sitting around and I'm playing the guitar and everyone's having to sing along like Oasis classics and stuff, you know. Nice. I think, I think people who can do that, I think that is such a supreme talent. Um, yeah, and it brings people together, doesn't it? And you yeah. feel like, wow, look at the vibe I'm creating. I think, yeah, that's what I wanted. Yeah. Maybe I can get this vibe with, with Octopus Club, you know, getting people into buying and selling secondhand and into like you know, circulating things and creating a nice vibe around that and kind of um, uh, breaking the stigma that secondhand is dirty, it's not loved, it's broken, it's smelly, stuff like that. Like breaking that and making it into something really cool. Well, I mean, there is definitely stigma for some things, but I think the kids stuff, like you said earlier, right, they grow out of it so quickly. I mean, we were clearing out stuff no lie that still had labels on that our kids hadn't even worn mm. you know it's just yeah, it's bizarre it's a bizarre yeah. bizarre economy isn't it it is insane okay um so you wanted to be a rock star heart surgeon when you were younger yeah tell tell me and the audience something else about you that not many people know um i think one that has been coming up a little bit uh, during this heat wave is that I am Brazilian, but I do not like the heat. Okay. I don't like it. 
it's like I don't feel good it does not go well with me and um, I think yeah I'm an unusual Brazilian did you grow up in Brazil uh, 50-50 Brazil and the UK so for the first 18, 20 years Brazil and for the latest 20 years uh, the UK okay did you come over what did you come over for education yeah so my, my when I was 18 my mom said I think you should go to London I think you're gonna like it there and um, you haven't got to worry about the heat in London generally. <laughs> <laughs> I came in the winter it was very dark it was cold and I absolutely loved it oh did you I loved it I thought you were gonna say you didn't know what you what you'd done I loved it 100% I went to Camden Town I was like whoa what's this I mean, that's quite a different culture shock, isn't it, London? Where whereabouts in Brazil were you? It's a very south, um, near Uruguay and Argentina. So it gets colder there in the winter, around 8 degrees, 7 degrees. But it just, here it felt like everyone could be who they wanted. And I come from a town in Porto Alegre. It's not small, it's 2 million people. But it feels like everyone is very similar to each other the way they dress what they right. do and you know it's everything a little bit um feels very controlled and i don't know it's uh, i felt a little bit constrained there and when i came here it felt like i can be whoever i want i can be myself yeah. it felt so freeing yeah london i like london i mean it's so I feel like I've sort of grown out of it now a bit where, you know, you sort of grow up, have kids and family and you, we've moved away from London now. But yeah, I, it's, it is a great city. It's, it's yeah. up there, isn't it? Definitely. Okay. So you're a Brazilian who does not like the heat. <laughs> I mean, generally, it's not really a problem in this country, but at the moment, it's, we're all suffering a bit, aren't we? Yeah. Um. Okay. Tell me about one of the most pivotal moments in your life. When I had my son, Max, and when I became a mom, it was completely life-changing. Um, I wanted to have a baby so much, and we had a baby. And I thought I would have everything sorted because I wanted so much so that everything was going to be fine. And I imagined me with a baby here, me with a baby there, the baby sleeping, the baby feeding. <laughs> And I didn't think about how it was going to be non-stop, yeah. no rest, full time. And this is 24 hours full time, not eight hours a day. Insane and so challenging and demanding. And um, also kind of make me think completely differently about what I wanted to do with my life. Yeah. And so it was like woof, insane. It's kind of amazing. Yeah, I, uh, funny enough, from what I wanted to do in my life changed drastically once I'd had kids. Really? Yeah. Um, only because, I mean, we I was working in London. We were living just outside London. We were commuting every day. And your, your outlook changed, or my outlook changed on what I wanted to, you know, what I believed life was. Um, yeah, the, the rest the, the 24 hour thing is is kind of mad as well i mean do you so obviously your expectations and the reality were a bit misaligned do you Very. think do you think that are you surprised they were misaligned or do you think that's kind of like a lot of people have that i think a lot of people have that and i think uh i 
so I thought because I wanted it so much and because I um, I was going to be great at it, I thought, you know, mm-hmm. and then it's like, so if even if it was hard because I wanted it so much and I was going to be great at it, that it wouldn't be difficult. Yeah. But it's difficult anyway. You know, it doesn't matter how much you wanted it or how much you are good at it or how much the baby is an easy baby or difficult baby or anything. It's just really different from anything you've done. And it's um, so much learning all the time on how to uh, react to things, what to do in certain situations. And now that Max, my son, is three and a half, sometimes he asks some questions and I'm like, what should I respond in this situation? And like, it doesn't stop. You know, you're always learning and growing with them and kind of adapting to what the moment that they are in their life and to the moment you are in your life and to what you believe in and what you think is important and the things that you also have to let go and like picking your battles and all that. So it's always keeping me on my feet and kind of making me a little bit wobbly and sometimes strong and sometimes not so great. So it's, it's crazy. I love it. It's crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I hear you. It's, it's fun. Yeah. It's, being a parent is a challenge that you just can't really put into words. I mean, there's this stuff like with our kids, you'll say one thing to them one day and then you say the same thing to them the next day and the reaction will be totally different. And they'll have a meltdown. They're like, what? But yesterday it was fine. And um, I was saying to someone not long ago about how it's given me a totally different outlook on my own parents and actually when I was growing up and things they did or didn't do or the way they reacted to stuff. And it's almost like an aha moment. You're like, all oh, right, okay, I get it now. <laughs> <laughs> but why do, why do you think no one, well, not many people talk about it? Because I remember when I was, when we were thinking about having a baby and when, you know, we were, I, I was pregnant. Like, I never had a real chat with someone that said, this is going to be really tough. This is kind of what happened. This is, or I did and I didn't listen, but I just feel like I was caught by surprise. Didn't I want to understand it or was it not spoken about? I don't, I don't remember. I believe that there's two things, two answers to that question. I think the first answer is the older generation. So like maybe your parents, grandparents, aunts, uncles are and I've seen this firsthand, is I think they forget. And I think that they, as it time passes, I think they forget how hard it was. And actually, they remember, like, it just because it gets better as you get older and kids get more independent and, and self-sufficient and whatever. And I think they just forget how tough it was. And actually, or like, like they have like a rose-tinted glasses. And then I think the people who are the same age as you or who are going through it at that point, I think, and I could be totally wrong, but I think that there's a lot of people who, um, I don't know, either don't want to sort of scare you or maybe want to admit that they're struggling or any of that stuff. Like, I thought, I'm sure you probably do as well, but do you follow that account on Instagram called Peanut? Yeah. Yeah. So like a lot of the stuff they talk about on there is kind of that, being real right and it's yeah yeah I don't know I don't know I think I don't know if people just don't want to sort of tell you to sort of scare you or not I don't know but 
<laughs> Put you off. <laughs> yeah, <maybe>. <laughs> <laughs> And you did it twice. <laughs> I know. I know. It's um Well my my wife always had this or still has this theory that two is it's like it's like harder in the beginning but easier in the long run because they is start it? playing with each other. And then when they're sitting there having breakfast this morning and we were both <laughs> upstairs and like you know, you could hear crying and shouting, it's like right. You said it's going to be easy now. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> I don't know. It's, uh, it's, just, it's, it's something you can never prepare yourself for. Re you can report back in a year and say if it changed, okay? I'm not, I just want to know. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, I don't know. Some, I mean, it's weird. I had another guest on not long ago. We were talking about it and... Um, I love my girls dearly. I really do. But I don't think I ever really prepared myself for just how much my life was going to change. I just didn't. I saw, I knew it was going to change. I guess to your point, right? You know, you know it's not, not eight hours, it's 24 hours. And you yeah. just, you know, it's going to change. But yeah, I just, I don't think I quite anticipated, you know, the level of level of change that was going to be there. I think it's hard to anticipate because it's gigantic. It is. And it's and there's sacrifices that come with it, right? There you know, you, you can't do everything you used to want to do and I mean there's some stuff I don't want to do anymore because I've got kids and, and whatever, yeah. but yeah, it is such a change. It's just yeah, it's crazy really. Yeah. I can understand I can totally buy into why that was one of the most pivotal moments in your life. <laughs> yeah, and I wouldn't have it any other way. I think it was the right time as well. Uh, even though it was challenging, it was a good time for us. And uh, I just love seeing Max grow. It's amazing everything he brings and the new things he discovers and learns. Uh, it's the most challenging, but also the most amazing thing I've ever done. 100%. Let me ask you, does, um, do, do you have iPads or anything? Does, does he watch YouTube? So we try to have like a policy that is a little bit flexible, but uh, usually Monday to Friday, there's no TV. Right. And uh, in the weekends, he can watch whatever he wants. Uh, but when we go to restaurants, we give him an, uh, the phone to see a video. Otherwise, he won't eat or won't get sit down. Um, but if he's ill, of course, he can have TV whenever he wants. And we just try to have it less because um i don't know do you know a funny story when i <clears throat> when i was in my mid-20s i went out for dinner with a group of my friends and um on one of the tables next to us was this it was like i don't know it must be a big family celebration there must be like 10 people <clears throat> and then at the end there was like five kids at one end and six five or six i don't know however many parents at the other end and all the kids were on ipads And I remember saying to my friend at the time, I was like, oh, that is so sad. Like, I can't believe that, you know, they're not engaging the kids and they're doing this. And, you know, when I'm a parent, like, my oh, kids might too. be doing that. And now, it's like, exactly to your point, like, if we go out for dinner, it's the same. My girls can both have something because... I want to have a good time. I want to well, have yeah. a drink. I want to eat my food and actually be able to enjoy it instead of, like, you know, going crazy. It's, yeah, it's exactly. It's terrible, right? They don't want to be there. You don't want to be there. It's just a total waste of time for everybody. Yeah. So at restaurants, we always have it. Yeah, same. 
Otherwise, well, we cannot enjoy. And it seems like, you know, he's not enjoying either. But if he has a screen, he eats his food, and we have a chat, and I have a drink. We have a drink. My husband also drinks. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, like, you can actually enjoy the experience. Yeah. Yes. I see. It's a, it's, it's a funny one. I can't, yeah. I, feel, I look back on my former self with a little bit of uh, <laughs> I also thought no screens ever. And yeah. then I'm like, oh, please. Especially lockdown. I mean, Max was learning how to walk and we were in a flat without outside space. Yeah. And if, I mean, I don't know, we wouldn't have survived without pets. Have you seen pets? The uh, Secret Life of Pets no. and um, Toy Story 1, 2, 3. Oh, you know, Toy that's Story I've seen, what yeah. is on repeat. And like it's the only piece we could have because all day in the flat was really tough and i know lots of people went through this so i'm sure the tv was a good helper well this is this is the big challenge we're having with my my eldest daughter at the moment is so she she she'll use uh, an ipad and she i mean she can scroll youtube like a teenager it's incredible but she which we, we find it very hard to what to let to work out what we are happy to let her watch so like there's the, there's the staples like your pepper pigs and your blueies and and monster like they love monsters inc for some reason but then there's also this other stuff on there which is like all these kids who have got these insane youtube channels but they're i, I hate it absolutely hate it and my daughter like this like crack cocaine to her she can't <laughs> stop scratch on these on like nastier uh roma um Vlad and Nicky, like all this, sort of, and I hate them because there's just no kind of. Anyway, I'm digressing. I haven't massively. watched them yet, but I'll have a look. But I know that so Max, when he wants to watch something on YouTube, he says, "Mummy, can I have red and black because it's the color of the logo?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, "No, not red and black because when it's YouTube, the some videos are so short and it's like boom, boom, boom. It's like too confusing it the is, information." It yeah, I <clears throat> it's. I don't give advice, parenting advice, very often because I just I don't I find it a weird thing to do. But yeah, if you keep them away from YouTube, that's yeah, that's powerful. Go to CBBS on BBC. That's lots of educational stuff. Yeah, I mean they've got Disney Plus. I mean there's oh, there's so much great stuff out there, right? And they're <laughs> watching the shit on oh, it drives YouTube. me YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'm gonna move on from my okay. Let's box. go. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, right. Lessons. What's been the most valuable lesson you think you've learned? So, of course, people make mistakes. And I made mistakes, some mistakes throughout my life. And mm -hmm. I think in the beginning of my life, and up to not so long ago, whenever some, I did something wrong or something didn't go as planned, I used to beat myself up for it and be really obsessed about it and why it didn't work, what I could have done better and so on. But now when something happens, I just try to uh, look at it as a growing opportunity and thinking, and one of the first things that comes to my head now when I make a mistake is like, this is never going to happen again because I learned and now I know what I would do differently. And then I try to resolve it in a creative way if I can, yeah. uh, if it's something to do with the business, like, okay, something went wrong. What can I do to make it better? It's not going to go back and I'm going to do it again, but what can I make it better? And if I can't, 
what are other things I can do to help level it up and move on, move on, go, yeah. keep going. That's it. Have you got an example? Mm. I think it's great. I think well, it's a great lesson, right? One, yeah, one thing that almost happened but didn't. So, um, so we had a, an issue with uh, with Mailchimp, which is our email uh, provider yeah. uh, that we do marketing with, and something happened uh, because we just started using them now. So we had to transfer people. Yeah, it was a little bit messy, and we almost lost all the contacts. Um, and for a few minutes, uh, my marketing guru Courtney and I thought, "Shit." We're going to have to start from scratch. And we had thousands of subscribers before. And the first thing I thought was not like, oh, my God, our business is finished. It was like, oh, that's really bad. We're going to have to start from scratch. What can we do? So it's a more positive look and being like, it happened. So what do we do now? And not suffering and not getting out of the hole thinking like, "Oh, oh, oh, my God, you know, just get out and try to look at it. Okay, this happened. So what do I do now? What's the next move? How can I make it better instead of being in the negative thoughts? So it sounds to me like you haven't always been that way. And that's something no. that you've, you've kind of grown into. Yeah, I don't know how and why and how it happened. But I, I remember that maybe people I met who I who helped me look. I, don't, I, just, I, I can't remember actually how the, the shift changed, but I can see the shift changed. It, it, that it changed and it's much better now no, I, I, yeah I, I think um, maybe it's just a youth thing like I don't know if it's as yes you, as you it's grow maturity up, isn't yeah, it yeah you grow up and you sort of realise that everything's not in life right everything's n- very rarely is stuff as bad as you think of it is think it exactly is in the exactly that's what it is Chris it, because it, it is because you live things and, and you make mistakes throughout and then you Keep looking back. Hmm, that thing that I thought was like the end of the world, I cannot even remember it much yeah. now. It, yeah, you know, yeah. it, you, you go through it and you come back. You come back. Oh God, yeah. I mean, how many times have you looked back when you like when you were younger and you think, and exactly, it is the end of the world. You can't yeah. sleep. You can't eat. You're like, I mean, we, we I was talking about this very thing with a guest on a previous episode, and then that, most of it, you, I can't even remember what the thing was. Yeah, or heartbreaks as well, right? Remember the first one, you're like, my life has ended. You think about the person every five minutes for months, and then you're like, my, I'm always going to think about that person for the rest of my life. And then a few years later, like, what was his second name again? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, uh, it's funny, isn't it? Or you, or you look at them now, you see them like you know they pop up on Facebook or something as someone you might know, and you think, oh god, that was a close escape. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what did I see in that person? <laughs> I think that's a great lesson. Um, I, it is a great lesson. I wonder if it's something that people can actually learn, or is it something they have to go through that process of mm, developing? You have it. to live it, right? Yeah. You have to live it. But maybe hearing it from other people, they might help speed the process yeah maybe hope so fingers crossed um the next question is about superpowers right i i i think that everyone has got a superpower of some description and i'd be really interested to know what yours is 
I might have two answers for this. One is two superpowers. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> no, look, what is one might be funny. The other one is was actually a superpower. Um, one is something that I can uh, would be able to do for the rest of my life. Uh, and the other one is something I did and it was beyond superpowers. And I actually, looking back, don't know how I did it. So which one would you like first? Oh, I don't know. I want them both. At the same time. No, well, <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know what they are, so it's tough for me to say. What's, what's the one um, that you could do forever? So I could eat Japanese food <laughs> only for the rest of my life forever as the only cuisine available. Isn't that a superpower? I don't know. Is that a superpower? It is. Imagine giving up on croissants and toast and jam. I and... know, but Japanese food is lovely, so it's not like it's yes. a hardship, right? Okay. I thought that might not count, so that's why I have another one. <laughs> <laughs> Go on then. What's your other one? The other one is... Um, so I uh, created and launched a business, the Octopus Club, when my Good son was, <laughs> thanks, I'm working on it. <laughs> when my son was a baby, uh, so I started <clears throat> to design it when he was nine months, and I launched it when he was around thirty. No, wait, it doesn't matter. It was before he was one. Okay. Okay. Um, and so I designed it and did everything apart from building it. Uh, on the back end and on the front end of the website when my my son was a baby and he was waking up at least five times a night I was breastfeeding it was insane and uh, I launched it in the first lockdown so all of this happened together and if I look at it now I don't know how I did it because I was just gonna say I think I 100% agree with you that is a superpower and I say that from someone who has also launched businesses with, with two young children. But I wasn't, oh, I'll be very careful with my words here because I don't want to sort of, I wasn't the mum, right? I wasn't in the position. My wife, <clears throat> you know, we, 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 we try to share responsibilities a lot. But there are things I can't do, right? So there were times when, you know, she was up in the night, she was breastfeeding, she was... You know, and I, I, I was as hands-on as I could be, and I properly struggled still just to, to. I'd already launched my business, I think, or most of it. So it was just it was doing the work, right? So it wasn't even launching business; it was just doing the workload. Oh my god, that I found that hard work. So how yeah. you managed to do that in that first year of your son's life, I hundred percent agree with you. Superpower, like. That first year is a tough, tough year. Yeah. It really is, like... Very demanding. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know how I did it. If I look now, I, I just... I think I was so focused and thinking, I need to do this now because I was living it. I was living the problem of having what? all this stuff and having to buy more stuff, and it was so real and so true to what I was going through I needed a solution for myself so that's, and what, that's what I was going to ask talk me through the process then right so your son's born yeah sis I remember I re, I'll never forget the moment I was in the living room playing with Max it was very early in the morning and 
I woke up first with him, and then my husband came in. I, I was looking at the stuff, and I was thinking, oh, God, he doesn't need this anymore. He doesn't need that anymore. I had a message on my WhatsApp group with my friend saying, oh, you need to get now the boombo chair because <laughs> this is the <laughs> – and now when, now you need to get – now we're going to get that. You, and look sorry, what I bought. When you were saying earlier about you talking about all the stuff you, in the first question, you were talking about um, the stuff you have and the stuff you get rid of. and don't use. The bumbo chair was the first thing that popped into my head. <laughs> Both my daughters sat in that bumbo chair for about three and a half seconds <laughs> and then never went back to it. And, I was just like, and what's really funny is my first daughter had a bumbo chair. She didn't like it, so we got rid of it. And then you my second daughter, we bought a new bloody bumbo chair yeah. and she got rid of that. And that was when you were telling that story earlier at the beginning of this, <laughs> this conversation, the you bumbo chair that. was the first thing I thought of. So we we actually it. used it and and so so yeah I was thinking like oh I need to get the boombo chairs like 50 60 quid I'm like oh my god another like bunch of money and oh, I'm going to buy it second hand I was thinking oh okay I'm going to buy it second hand and then what about that thing there that was a baby nest something that I bought he never slept on it and he um laid down on it twice and it cost 120 pounds and i'm like what am i gonna do with that thing <laughs> well it's huge and it's taking up space in my house and i have to get this new thing now mm. and i was this stuff in my head i'm like oh my god i mean there must be and then my husband came in and i looked baffled probably I had a face of like Bleh. and he said what's wrong i said I don't know why there's not a marketplace for uh, parents to buy, sell, and maybe give like baby kids maternity stuff, like the dress that I wore once and the other thing for maternity that I didn't even wear because it was the wrong season. And then he said, isn't there a marketplace for this stuff yet? And I said, no. And he said, you're doing it. And I said, okay. And I think the next day I started thinking about it and thinking about the name and then it started, and I, I just got so into it. I didn't even do like market research, or I just started designing it because it was the way I, I like my brain was built. I started visualizing it and how it would work because I'm a graphic designer by trade. So I yeah. just went for it, and I just asked some friends, "What do you think if we had this option of a marketplace?" Friends of from an NCT group on my WhatsApp group, yeah. uh, they came one afternoon to our place um, with the babies and I thought well, what do you think if you know there was this place where you could buy sell or, or give donate stuff um, there was like stuff that you bought that you know that people thought about it and they're going to send it with love and it's like a different vibe from eBay market, Facebook marketplace Gumtree like you know it's different and it feels nice and they thought yeah sounds good yeah yeah I would I would probably and that was it. And I just went with it. <laughs> it was crazy. But I'm so glad that I didn't do so much research, that I didn't... Um, Talk yourself out of it almost. Yeah, yeah, I was just like, boom, I'm doing it. And I did it. I don't know how, but I did it. Well, I guess if you had done lots of research, you know, you named the three, I guess, biggest competitors, right? Facebook Marketplace, eBay, and Gumtree. Like... I believe that, you know, sometimes you need a bit of naivety in business and actually that naivety means that you kind of dismiss those three and actually think, no, do you know what? This this is going to work. And I guess, so you're going after that bit of character, right? As opposed to the, 
it's almost like a boutique shop as opposed to a supermarket. Is that is that kind of a, a fair analogy? Um, I think it's it's for everyone. It's not uh, the audience is like for every parent to be a new parent or established parent, or if you're a cost conscious parent, a uh, brand seeking parent, or you're into brands, or you're just super environmentally concerned and want to be part of uh, the bigger picture and yeah. help the world. So. It's for everyone, but it's for parenting only. And I think that's where is the difference with Gumtree, Facebook Marketplace, eBay, those big players. There you go. When you when I go there, I need to search for something right. and then look at my search. But when you go to the Octopus Club, straight away you see things that maybe you didn't even know existed and you get inspired to to find out more about uh, other things and objects and and maybe books and uh, toys and other brands for kids for clothes so it's all about parenting so it's a very um, contained marketplace in that sense but it's also really uh, giving you ideas and and you know it's made for parents so okay. it's focused I mean, we said in the, before we sort of started recording about, you know, not, you, you know, it wasn't a business pitch, you're talking numbers, but give, give me a rough idea of how it's doing and, and sort of where your and your plans are. If you want to, if you don't want to, it's fine. It's, it's, yeah, it's, I mean, I think it's doing amazing. I never thought I would be where I am now, two years after launching. I didn't really know if it was going to work out or not. Right. Uh, and I'm so happy that it has. Uh, we uh, did a crowdfund last year and we have over 270 investors and now we are getting ready to crowdfund again. So it's a really exciting time uh, for us uh, to be able to open again for other people that want to be part of our journey and um, be part of our success. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we are just in a really, really good moment. And I think um, with the cost of living crisis that is now imminent happening and all these crazy bills going up and you know christmas coming around soon yeah. you know it's a it's a very good place to be to be able to help people keep being able to uh, support their children because they're not going to stop growing <laughs> right you need to keep buying stuff yeah, they, you, know, you cannot decide look you can decide I'm not going to buy something new for myself, but you need to buy stuff for your kids because they keep growing. They will need winter clothes and you probably want to give them something for Christmas. Uh, and if you have a baby, you will need the gear that baby needs. So the, the carrier, the buggy, etc. <clears throat> so buying secondhand is a great option to, uh, to be pocket wise and to um, be part of the circular economy and to kind of be a, being able to go through these crises, the crisis that is happening now, and, and not be, hopefully, so shook by it because you will be able to provide for your kid with yeah. second hand much more than you would if you had to buy something new. Yeah. Um, well, how's your experience of crowdfunding been? Uh, it took me over completely for two months okay. it was very intense and exciting but 
I had never done it before and I didn't even know how to pitch. So it's <laughs> everything that was learning when I was going along. And uh, I was so, I was so impressed with the, with the results and, and the people that would invest um, without even knowing me or chatting to me. And they would just put money there, like believing in the business and the mission and it made me believe in everything so much more, even more than I already did. So it was um, like a huge stamp of approval. Like this is not just my crazy dream and my, you know, uh, something that I am making up in my head. Other yeah. people can see this as a solution uh, and as a way forward. So it was empowering. How, how much are you? I would say how much you raised. Yeah, I raised one four nine thousand pounds, one fifty k. Yeah, and is that just people like normal people putting in investments, or is that firms? No, it was it was uh, individuals. I did it with CrowdCube last year, and uh, it's yeah, it's it's not a VC, it's not uh, groups, it's just people going there and putting money. That's incredible. Mm. So amazing. I that mean, that's really, you know, you talked earlier about not doing market research when you planned it, but I guess crowdfunding is probably the hardest kind of market research you're going to do, right? Because you put it out there and if no one, if no one likes the idea, then you, you sort of come away with no money. But what, what were you aiming for? In terms of money? Yeah. I, I 75. Oh my God. So you doubled basically. Yeah. You must've been buzzing when that, it was amazing. I yeah, and I remember I was, I was my husband had gone out for a meeting or something in the evening, and I was at home with my computer, and uh, I I had a hard stop at one fifty because it was the agreement, and it could have gone more, but we agreed it was going to be one fifty top yeah. stops, and I thought, oh my god, it, we're going to go to one fifty, and then that day, the last day, I don't know, people were putting money, putting money, and I couldn't believe it. And I looked at the computer and refreshed, refreshed. I'm like, 150? Oh my God. I was like at home alone. And my son was sleeping. I'm like, what? It just, it's, it's so amazing. It That's was mental. Yeah. What, what? Yeah, so if anyone's hearing this, uh, please follow us on Instagram because uh, soon we're going to um, launch the new crowdfunding in a couple of months. And uh, everyone's welcome to join our journey and be part of the Octopus Club, be a shareholder. I'm definitely going to check that out. Great. I love that sort of stuff. I, I, do you know what? That's an amazing story. I, I find crowdfunding really interesting because I think that you know, there's plenty of investors out there, you know, whether it's VCs or angels or whatever, who are in it because they want the return. You know, they, they're, they're, that's, all, that's all what it's about. And I'm not saying that, you know, your guys aren't necessary, but for people to actually put, like normal people to put their money where their mouth is, is, yeah, it's incredible. Oh, I'm really happy yeah. for you. That's amazing. Thank you so much. Um, I'll obviously link to everything in the show notes and, and we'll talk again at the end about where people can find you and whatever, but Great. I guess the Octopus Club on Instagram is, is the first. first yes, the Octopus Club. Uh, when's your next crowdfunding thing starting? So we, we started looking at it uh, and I think we're going to launch in about two months. Okay. So November-ish, October, yeah, November? exactly. Okay, fun. Right. I'm, I'm kind of going to assume you might have answered this next question already, but I'll ask it anyway. Um, <laughs> what topic is guaranteed to get you on your soapbox? 
Oh, you know what? Um, I didn't understand. You sent me these questions before, so I could think, yeah. right? Let's open the game here. I didn't understand what that meant. <laughs> oh, did you not? It's, uh, okay. So maybe soapbox is a bit more colloquial than I kind of anticipated. I love it that I don't know what you're going to ask. I'm ready to answer whatever it is. Bring it on. Okay, so it's... What... How do I phrase it? Okay, so what topic is guaranteed to make you passionate about something? So, for instance, you know, what, what do you feel passionately about that you can talk about? And that's, that's why I said I kind of feel like I know the answer. Secondhand stuff. <laughs> half our house is secondhand. Uh, uh, more than half. Um, furniture. My son's stuff is 85 or 90% secondhand. Now, this year, I am only buying secondhand things for me uh for clothes the whole okay. year i started in january and yeah secondhand first that's the first choice so my first question then is have you always been like that no okay um for furniture yes for some reason i really like vintage stuff and i really liked some vintage, vintage. is a funny word though isn't it I like think vintage, vintage and secondhand in my mind, it's two very different connotations. It is diff yes, I agree 100%. And the furniture we have is mostly vintage, but we have just secondhand as well. Like we have a sofa that used to be from our neighbors, and uh, it's a new sofa they bought, I don't know, five years ago, so it's not a vintage sofa, yep. uh, but we have that. But but mostly it's vintage furniture, like actually old, not necessarily expensive, but vintage. Um and I used to like some vintage uh, clothes and styles when I was younger. And then I went off a bit for a while. But then when Max came along, it completely switched my mind. Like, I am pre-loved and secondhand obsessed now. Okay. Well, funnily enough, actually, when we moved house, I hadn't even thought about it till you just said it. But then we, um, so we moved house last year and we suddenly needed a new sofa. We had this family room, so we needed a sofa for it. And we bought that secondhand. And our logic was that there's no point spending fortunes on a sofa when you've got With two young children. kids. <laughs> and the week after we bought it, there's felt pen all over the arm. Exactly. And we didn't care because that was yeah. why we bought it, right? And, it's, um, and I love knowing that I, ha I got a deal, that I paid less. I love that <laughs> thought. Like... And I always tell my husband, this was supposed to be, I don't know, 50 pounds new. I paid 20, so I actually have 30 to spend. He said, no, that's not how maths work. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so secondhand, yeah, it's, it's I, don't, I mean, when I was younger, secondhand was really, really not like, I don't want to say cool or trendy, because I don't feel like it's cool and trendy at the moment, but. What's the word I'm looking for? It was, you only did it if you had no money. Yeah. And the, So that's the stigma I'm trying to yeah, break. Yeah, stigma. That's a good word. So there was a stigma. Like, if you bought secondhand, then, you know, you used to get called names and stuff. And But actually now, I think where people are so more eco-conscious or, yeah. um, you know, financially conscious, I guess. Yeah. It's kind of funny what people get rid of as well. I mean, I, I I get rid of stuff as like, but a lot of stuff. It's not just kids' stuff. Is it's not been as used as, I guess in like in, my, in our parents' generation or even grandparents' generation. Definitely, like people bought stuff for life, right? And they 
kept stuff and they wore it out and but now it's like it's almost like a fashion it's like mm. a cycle isn't it it's like right okay you know gray is the color so we're gonna get gray sofas and then oh no don't gray anymore i don't know it's, it's kind of funny but so so you've not bought anything new all year no how have you found that um so I, I find it quite exciting to search for stuff on secondhand like uh, marketplaces. And I used to be a bit frustrated if I didn't find something straight away, but now I totally grasp how it works. Yeah. Um, so uh, you have to kind of have a bit more time and patience, but then when you find what you want, it's like, it feels like a prize. It's much bigger than if you go to the shop and buy it new or order it online <laughs> new. It feels like you, it was a treasure hunt and you found your treasure and you paid less for it as well. So it's like, oh, it's, you know, so um, rewarding. If there was one site that you would point people in the direction of to sort of go down this, this route, where would you, where would you point them? Well, the Octopus Club, of course. <laughs> but for uh, for furniture, I think eBay. Um, and there's Vinterior, but that's uh, super uh, vintage and not cheap stuff. Okay. Um, I don't like Facebook Marketplace at all. I think it's dodgy, and I don't never had a good experience there. Um, Gumtree can be hit and miss. Um, Vinted is good for women's wear i think and depop is also good for women's wear but it's slightly higher price point trendy stuff right yeah and, and yeah and it's everything seems a bit more expensive on depop in my opinion but i've found a really nice bucket hat yeah. uh, that i wear almost every day now on, in the summer <laughs> from donna karen which would probably dkny would have costed a fortune and i paid like 15 quid and it's perfect condition oh nice what about your husband is it what's his thoughts on the whole secondhand thing so uh he buys new for himself but i buy secondhand for him <laughs> <laughs> and i the other day i came with some jumpers the other day no because it was uh it was colder it was i think april or march and I said, look at this merino wool, unbelievable jumper. And he said, oh, it's quite nice. Where is it from? I said, secondhand. He couldn't believe it. He wore it straight away. And another one I bought for him as well on the same day. He doesn't take it off. Um, and I'm getting him more into it. Uh, but I am all about no echo guilt. Like, I think people should mix secondhand and new. Uh, I think people should get used to doing more secondhand, but I don't think they should go completely secondhand because uh, it's probably not sustainable for them and for many people, just for some which are a bit crazy and obsessed, yeah. like me. But I think, um, you know, if you're able to incorporate more secondhand stuff in your life, that's already a huge shift if you didn't do that before. And uh, feeling like you're free and you can make your choices is paramount for this to work have you got i mean have you i guess octopus club is your prime main focus at the moment but have you got any plans in the future to explore secondhand marketplaces for adults um the only, the only reason i ask that is because i think to myself i mean you said a few like depop and vintage and, and and listen i'll be the first to admit this isn't my realm of expertise it's not something i know a lot about but 
we we walked past a charity shop the other day and we went in there there was something in the window that we were going to buy for our kid it was like um these pepper pig moon boots things and they're like oh they're good like winter's coming anyway it turned out it wasn't the right size but we sort of browsing around in there and actually there was a few kind of i don't want to say designer labels but like sort of i guess from your marks and spencer upwards right you know you mark spencer john lewis which and they look kind of nice and i feel like there's a gap somewhere that's I, I don't know if eBay was trying to fill this gap. Every time I go on eBay now, it just seems like it's just stuff from China. It's and it's So messy, yeah. And it's not, it's kind of gone away from what it was trying to do. Mm. Um, at Facebook Marketplace, I'm sort of with you on that. It's, it's, a, it's a very hit and miss. It's the, wet, the Wild West. Yeah. But I feel like there's a gap somewhere for someone who would want to explore secondhand clothes but doesn't necessarily want to go to an, an Oxfam or, you know, charity I shop. I love to do so. Oxfam and Farah. Do you? So my favorite, favorite way of shopping secondhand for me is going to shops because then I can try things on and yep. I can touch fabric and things like that. So I really love the experience of that hunt in person as well. Yeah. Um, because... Most of the times I don't really need anything. I'm just going because I feel like shopping or treating myself, you know. So it's a mm -hmm. different vibe. It, um, but many times, you know, I bought some shoes the other day uh, from Vinted and I love them. And I couldn't find any shoes my size in charity shops because I have small feet. So it had to be something online. Yeah. Um, but... Yeah, for me, I like to mix and match. And I also buy for Max in, when I go to secondhand shops if I find some stuff. But I don't think I'm going to transition into um, adult uh, clothes stuff because I think there are great solutions out there already. I don't think there are great solutions in the maternity, baby, and kids world. And that's why my full focus is on the Artworks Club. Fine. Good answer. Um, moving on to the next question then. What's, it's all about advice, right? And and you've given lots of things for the audience to take away, which is, I love that. Um, what's the best piece of advice you've ever received? It connects a bit to the question you asked before about um, learnings in life. Uh, and it, the best piece of advice I've ever been given is just keep swimming. Okay. So that's uh, taken from Nemo, <laughs> the cartoon uh, show, yeah. uh, film. Uh, so it's like if things don't work out, if things go wrong, or if you don't feel too excited about stuff, or uh, you know you might not be in the best moment of your life, or you know just keep swimming because it, it's never linear life and. You have ups and you have downs and whatever you're doing with your life, it's if it's parenting or if it's with a job or traveling or it's never a constant. Yeah. Everything is changing. So just keep going and things will get better soon and things will get worse too. And, uh, you know, just keep swimming. Don't stop. But of course, I have to say, if there's a mental health situation, if you're actually in a different zone, I'm talking about, um, you know, ups and downs, normal ups and downs, not, not about more like um, 
mental health situations that need attention. Um, So don't take this. How can I say this, Chris? Help me out here. Literal, literally. Literally, yeah. yeah. So this is more generic. Just keep going. And if your baby is waking up 15 times a night, because I had that, Max was for a while waking up every 45 minutes. And, you know, it will get better, but it can get worse. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, doesn't feel like it at the time, does it? Exactly, it doesn't. But just keep going because it's, it's that that those moments are so difficult aren't they so just for clarity yeah. is that line that just keeps swimming is that actually a line from nemo yes <laughs> <laughs> and i remember uh, 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 caroline who i used to work with at the design studio i think we had a really feedback bad feedback from a client that we had spent hours doing the work for and uh, they came back and said nah, we don't like it and i looked at her and i was like you know destroyed and I'm like I cannot believe they didn't like it and she looked at me she said just keep swimming because that's how they talk she said just keep swimming and I was like oh that's such a good outlook I love it I love it um that's great advice when you think about the future what do you see I see everyone buying and selling secondhand not exclusively but that being part of their lives and it being normal to do that. What do you think is going to be the biggest driver in that? Do you think it's going to be financial, ecological or something else or a bit of everything? I think it depends on people. So, um, but it's those two pillars for sure. Yeah. But I think some people will be very drawn to the financial aspect. Uh, lots of people are going to be worried and wanting to do something about the environment and there will be a third group which will be a bit of both so 50 50 or whatever uh, percentage but a mix okay yeah i think um it's almost like a cyclical thing isn't it where you go through i mean like fast fashion just seems to be finally being completely looked at and hated yeah people didn't realize before because they didn't think about it because they weren't shown the stats and the mountain of clothes mountains of clothes in other countries and the huge waste and and people were i don't think people realized because no one was talking about it and now every now that everyone's talking about it people like oh my god what am i doing you know so we just need to use social media to, to show like facts. It's not bad news or you know wrong news. It's just facts. Look at the photo. This is in um, Africa or you know the desert, Atacama, wherever it is. It's it's like this is happening, and it's horrendous. And you can do something about it. We actually have the power. Don't buy from the fast fashion brands anymore. You're gonna have to produce less. So are you are you pretty anti the fast fashion? One hundred percent. Yeah. I must also admit. because of the things that are produced are so bad quality that even if you do want to wear it forever, you're not going to be able to because they're going to get destroyed. Yeah, that's what people don't care about, is it? Right? Because they, they cost so little that it's just like, well, yeah, it doesn't matter. So right? Wear it a few times and then. 
people in horrible conditions sewing them by hand. And, oh. Do you know, funny enough, that's what I think about. I, after I'd asked the question about the financial and ecological side of it, which are important, obviously, but what, after I asked it and you, you were answering, I suddenly thought, Do you know what actually bugs me the most is actually the people who are making it. Because <laughs> yeah. I just, I don't know, like, you have this vision of what, What did, I don't know. It's just horrendous, isn't it, when you think about it? But yeah, and the greenwashing where these brands are putting labels saying, "Oh, this is organic," and "This is and then you have people sewing the labels that are probably malnutrition and cannot even buy a meal properly for their family, and it's just disgusting. Do you think more should be done to sort of, or what? Or let me ask differently: Why? Why is more not being done? Do you think to not? Because these companies are not being, they, they're not being accounted for the things they're doing. They just do it. There's no regulation. So that's the problem, you know. Mm. So there should be more like basic standards that are higher than the situation that it's now. And they could get closed and not be able to trade anymore if they don't meet these regulations. And actually people going and checking if these things are being met. There's so many stuff like people checking like if you're parking on the street in the right place i mean come on you know like there's so many things that get checked that yeah. you're doing it right why aren't there bigger checks for much more important issues like are people in the environment that they can work and they can have breaks and that they're being paid it's basic yeah so you think the future is going to be a shift from people financially ecologically minded and they're going to make a stand? I think we can make do a lot. And if everyone does a little bit, it will have to change the way the big businesses operate. But I think the bigger picture people, governments and so on, need to put pressure on this too because it will need both sides, the public, the crowds, and the bigger decision-making people yeah. together it's not just one or the other yeah I, I do agree with you I just in my mind I, I don't know what's going to be the trigger that gets the public to do this like you know you look at um, energy prices you look at fuel prices and I, I, I just I look around I think why is no one why is no one protesting this why is no one no one really I don't want to say no one cares because I don't feel like that's that's fair but it's impossible not to care because everyone's being affected, right? But no one's doing. There's like, no one wants to do anything about it. But you know? we feel powerless with that stuff. That how I feel is like, oh, so we have to kind of turn off all the hot water. I've the what hot water is turned off in my house at the moment. Yeah, I'm like, oh. it's the same. Like my my we we go around turning off every plug socket, you know, and and obviously that's a good thing ultimately, but. I don't know. It just every time I go and fill the car up with petrol, it just it just breaks my heart a little bit. It's like yeah, it's insane. Hmm. So many things that are that need to get better, right? Well, that's my that's my point. Is I, I there's so many little things. Not little. Sorry, it's not fair. There's so many things that need to change. That it's like, well, where yeah. do you start? You know, where do you? Just do whatever you can do at home. That's what it makes me feel better that I can do things at home. I can 
buy secondhand first instead of new. So that's the first thing I do. There's, of course, change, uh, t- uh, turning off the plug sockets, and that's not only good for your electricity bill, it's also good for the environment. Yep. Um, not using the tumble dryer only when needed. Um, it's, you know, what do you need the car for? Do the Use your car mindfully. Um, let me ask you water. let me ask you a question apart from your husband is there anyone else sort of in your in your circle of friends family colleagues whatever who have changed their outlook on the secondhand world as a result of you know your your you talking to them i hope so is there anyone is there anyone who comes to mind who's like you know come up to you go Hannah, look, look like i bought this dress or this yeah, I think my, some of my friends from from my my baby groups and friends from when um, we had babies at the same time, I think they love it now, and it was something that I brought to them. But I hope I'm influencing much many more people with, with this, and I hope that I'm showing, being able to show people how it's really cool to wear secondhand. It's much cooler than buying something new. I'm not saying that buying something new is bad. We buy new stuff if we need to, but buying secondhand feels really cool. Yeah, good. Good. Okay, right. Last question now because I'm conscious yes. of your time. So the process of this last question is it is a question that's been submitted from a previous guest. Okay. And once this podcast is over, I will ask you to submit a question that I will ask to our next guest. Okay. I'm going to warn you now, it's a little bit of a deep question. Oh, dear. And I'd be interested to sort of get your thoughts on it. But the question is, how can we have a more open and healthy attitude towards death in our culture? I told you it's pretty deep, right? I might have to share my the question I want you to ask to the next person because it's completely different. No, no, that's fine. Affect. Listen, don't don't be. Um... Okay, no, let me think. Let me think. Uh... Okay, let me ask you a different question then. First, do I you think... think we have a healthy attitude towards death in our culture? I haven't had anyone very close to me die yet. Okay. So. Um... I have had people that I know die, but not no one like very close to my circle, like immediate circle. Um, so I think it's very hard to answer that question because I have not experienced loss so closely. So I don't know how I would naturally um, process it. Um, I think some people um, see it as part of life and and they, um, they're able to process it more healthily, and some people get really deep and lost in it and find it hard to come back. But I cannot tell you from a personal perspective how I feel about it, to be honest. Fair enough. Right, I will move on and make it a little bit more upbeat now. Um, firstly, thank you so much for taking the time this morning genuinely appreciate it and I say this about a lot of my guests like you know you never know what you're going to get answers wise and you never know how someone's going to be um on the podcast but 
I've thoroughly enjoyed chatting to you and hearing about you know yourself and Octopus Club and I'm sure that people who listen to it will be equally as um, enthralled if anyone wants to get in touch with you or follow along with what you're doing where, where's the best place for them to do that thank you so much Chris for today I really loved it too it was a pleasure good I'm um, happy to hear that people can reach me on Instagram the Octopus Club or on email, hello at Doctopus Club. Okay. I am also on LinkedIn, but uh, better to reach me on those two places. Okay. If you want to call me, my name, my number is 079. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so people can come and follow you and see what you're doing on Instagram. Um, is there anything else you want to say before we before we clock off? I would like to say, if you have never bought or sold something secondhand, go try it out. You might be surprised. Good advice. All right, Anna, thank you so much. Um, I really enjoyed this morning. Thank you, Chris. Well, 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 that was 10Q interview with Anna Strogu of uh, The Octopus Club. Why don't you pop over and say hello to her? It'd make her day, no doubt. Um, if you went to her Instagram and said hello. It would also make her day and mine if you shared this episode with um, anyone you think would get something from it. Um, also, let us know what you thought at 10Q Interview everywhere on the social. Um, that's all from now. Make sure you hit subscribe wherever you listen to this. And the next 10Q Interview episode will be live next Tuesday. Let us know. Hope to tune in and see you soon. <laughs>